Well, this morning I am excited because as Nick alluded to, uh, next Sunday we will begin 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, how many of you have done a 21-day fast with us? Anybody? Raise your hand. Awesome. If you haven't, we want to welcome you to the club. Come on, somebody. Uh, we are excited to have you being a part of what God is doing. Uh, and so what I want to talk about today is really why we do that. Why do we spend 21 days in prayer and fasting? And there are really a lot of reasons, and we're going to kind of talk about some of those reasons this morning. We're also going to try to give you just some very practical guidelines for prayer and fasting so that you can really connect and experience what God has for you. Uh, and, and as I was thinking about the new year, of course, in the world, or, or the idea that comes to pass when we step into new year, everybody's making their new year's resolutions. And I think new year's resolutions are awesome. I think we need goals, we need dreams, we need to have a vision of where we want to go, what we want to accomplish this coming year. Uh, but most of you probably like me recognize that most of our new year's resolutions are done with before the first month of the year gets passed, right? We've already made the resolution, broke the resolution, and moved on to other things uh, before we even get through the first month of the year. And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about the idea that really more than a resolution, we need a revelation of Jesus Christ. We need a revelation of who he is, and not only who he is, but of his purpose and his plan for our lives, because this is what I believe according to Scripture. I believe that God has a purpose and a plan for your life. I believe that every individual that's here today, everybody that's watching online, that God in his awesomeness, that he made each of us fearfully and wonderfully made, that there is a unique shape and a unique passion and a unique pattern that makes up your life. You are not an accident. You are a, you are a original creation formed and fashioned by the very hand of God. And if you're a parent, any parents in the house here today? If you're a parent, isn't it amazing how two kids can come from the same two people and totally be different, right? I mean, all your kids are 100% different from one another. You know why? Because they are fearfully and wonderfully made. They have a unique shape that has been given them by Almighty God. And God took your DNA and made this amazing person, but it was His DNA that has created them into a unique expression. And so I want to just encourage you, as we get ready a week from today to begin our 21 days of prayer and fasting, that we would let this year be a year that we would allow through prayer and fasting to get a revelation of who Jesus Christ is and a revelation of God's purpose for our lives that we can begin to give ourselves. See, there's, there's, one, thing, there's one thing for you to know what God's called you to do, and there's another thing for you to give yourself to that calling. And my prayer is that those two things would happen over the next 21 days, that we would, number one, get a revelation of really what God has called us to do in our lives and then number two, that we would, as a result of that revelation, we would give ourselves to that. That we would put our hearts and our lives into becoming the person that God has called us to be. And what I've recognized is you and I are probably not as far off as you think you are. Many times we struggle. We think God's will and God's plan and God's purpose is this some kind of far out there, hard to get to thing. But what I've recognized in my life, and I bet many of you can testify this in your life, that usually a few minor adjustments can get me right where God wants me to be. A few minor adjustments in my relationships, a few minor adjustments in my finances, a few minor adjustments in my spiritual walk with God. And before you know it, I'll be right on the path that God intended me 
to be on. So I want to just encourage you today that you're probably not that far off from the very thing God has created you for. And I want to encourage you that as we step into these 21 days of prayer and fasting, that you will allow this time of consecration and dedication to the Lord to help bring a revelation of who Jesus is, number one, and then a revelation of God's plan for your life. And I believe with just a few simple adjustments, we can find ourselves living the life God has called us to live. And I'm just going to with me in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus is teaching on prayer and fasting. We're going to read a few scriptures together. Listen to what the Bible says. Jesus says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly or on street corners or in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself and shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. And then your Father who sees everything will reward you. Verse 16, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they look, for they try to look miserable and deceived so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. Look at verse 17. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. How many are glad personal hygiene is in the Bible? <laughs> comb your hair, wash your face, and put on your deodorant. Come on, somebody. That's in the Bible. God said do that. Amen. I thought we'd enjoy a little bit of that. All right, look at verse 18. Jesus said, so when you fast, then comb your hair and wash your face, and then no one will notice that you're fasting except your Father who knows what you do in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. So look at that first point. I want to just give us an obvious statement right here. Jesus said, when you pray and when you fast, not if you pray and if you fast. So according to Jesus, prayer and fasting are a normal part of Christianity. According to Jesus, prayer and fasting are a normal part of Christianity. Jesus said, when you pray, this is how you ought to pray. And Jesus said, when you fast, this is how you ought to fast. Jesus was applying this idea that prayer and fasting would be something that we would be doing on a regular occasion. It would be a part of what it just simply means to follow Jesus, a part of our normal Christian life. Now, the realization is simply this. Most of us in this room, probably most people watching me online today, can attest without a shadow of a doubt, prayer, 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 prayer is a vital part of my life. And then we could probably flip the coin and most of us could probably say, fasting, fasting, fasting is not <laughs> a regular vital part of my life. And I want to challenge us this morning to recognize that prayer and fasting, I believe, are two sides of a two-edged sword that really empower us as believers to experience another level of what God wants to do in and through us. And so all of a sudden, we begin to recognize that Jesus said, when you pray and when you fast, this is how you ought to do it. And, and this question just kind of came to my heart as I was praying through this. I was actually reminded of Keith Tusi, Pastor Keith Tusi, who's a part of NRP, been to our church several times. He made a statement several years ago that just stuck in my heart. He said, he said I made a decision early in my Christian life that I was going to live a fasted lifestyle. And then he defined what he meant by a fasted lifestyle. He said, I decided years ago that I'm going to just regularly tell myself no. 
He said, when I want to buy something and I can afford to buy something and I have the money to buy something, he said, sometimes I'll just say, no, I'm not going to buy it today. I'm going to wait a week. He said, when I want to eat an extra piece of pie, and he's a real skinny guy, by the way, he said, and I could afford to eat an extra piece of pie, he said, sometimes I just say, no, I'm not going to eat a piece of pie. He says, when I want to do something or buy something or go somewhere, he said, sometimes I just tell myself no. And what I begin to recognize as I was thinking about that is I believe that one of the keys to us living the life that God has called us to live is learning how to live a fasted life where we learn how to tell ourselves no. Now, let me just make a little confession to you. Years ago, 24 years ago, when we started Liberty Church, I was known as the yes man. And what that simply meant was this. I hated to tell anybody no. <laughs> so anytime anybody said, hey, can we do this? Can we do this? Can we do this? Can we do this? I said, yes, 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 yes. Right? And it almost broke the bank and it almost broke me too. So it was rough. But I love people and I didn't want to disappoint people and I didn't want anybody being upset with me. So I just told everybody yes, 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 yes. And one of the hardest things I had to learn was how to tell somebody else no. And some of you in this room here today, and probably many of you watching online today, probably need to learn that lesson. You need to learn the power of a no, because you don't need to live your life as a yes man or a yes woman, because not everything deserves a yes, because not every good thing is a God thing, and not every urgent thing is an important thing, and not every priority for that person is a priority for your life. And so one of the most critical things that I had to learn as a pastor and a leader was the ability to say no to somebody else. And as hard as that was for me, I'm just going to tell you, saying no to me is harder. <laughs> saying no to me is harder than saying no to other people. Telling myself, no, I'm not going to eat that. No, I'm not going to buy that. No, I'm not going to go there. No, I'm not going to sleep in. No, I'm going to actually get up. No, I'm not going to skip my exercise or my walk today. No, I'm going to spend extra time in the Word. No, I'm going to pray through this thing instead of getting distracted by the busyness of life. Learning to tell myself no is definitely the hardest no that I ever have to give anyone. And if you're like me, and probably most of you are in some ways are like me, you probably struggle with that no too. And my prayer for us is that through these next 21 days, starting next Sunday, that we're going to come to the end of the month, and we're going to come with a Holy Ghost no in our heart. That we're going to come to a place where as we go into 2023, I believe one of the keys to unlocking the fullness of what God wants to do in our lives is going to be learning how to tell ourselves no. Now let me just say this to you today because we live in a self-indulgent culture. Our culture says if you see it, then you need it. If you want it, then you should buy it. And it doesn't matter if you can afford it, just go into debt and go into more debt and go into more debt. How many of you understand that the financial stress that most people live under today is because they have not learned how to live a fasted lifestyle that says no? No, I'm not going to buy that. No, I'm not going to purchase that. No, I'm not going to swipe the credit card. No, I'm not going to create another line of credit. No, I'm not going to do that. And the realization is, if we really want to step into what God has for us, I think part of that key to that best life, God's blessed life, is learning how to say no. 
and being willing to become people that practice a Holy Ghost no. Not because God doesn't want us to enjoy stuff. Let me just say this to you, and I hope you guys know this. God doesn't have a problem with stuff. God has a problem when the stuff has you. Right? When the stuff becomes a priority over his kingdom, when the stuff becomes a priority over his purpose, when the stuff becomes more, more important than the purpose that God intended for your life. And let me just make a confession. It is really easy to get consumed in the stuff. <laughs> and before you know it, you don't have time, energy, or resources for the purpose that God has entrusted to you. And so my prayer is that through this 21 days of prayer and fasting, we're going to develop a Holy Ghost no on the inside of us. We're going to develop what it means to live a fasted life. And I believe when we do that, that no is going to create a bunch of yeses. Because how many know that if you'll say no to the distractions, you can say yes to the opportunities? Let me say that again. If you'll say no to the distractions you'll be able to say yes to the opportunities that God has given you. Have you ever found yourself so busy with the distractions of life that when the opportunity that you believe and know in your heart is God presents itself and now you don't have the time, you don't have the energy, you don't have the resources to step into the yes that God intended for you because you said you didn't say no to the things of this world that distracts us. So my prayer is that we're going to learn a Holy Ghost no. Amen? Amen? <laughs> Look at that next point. Jesus reveals the secret to this blessed life. And here's what he teaches us. He teaches us that private devotion, our prayer and fasted lifestyle, private devotion produces supernatural rewards. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, when you pray, go in the closet and pray. And your father who sees what you do in private will reward you. One translation literally says will reward you openly. Private devotion produces public reward. Private devotion produces a public manifestation of the things that God desires to do in your life. So Jesus said when you pray... Don't go stand on the street corner so everybody can hear you pray. Now, he's not opposing corporate prayer or public prayer. He's just saying you need to make sure that your prayer life is not about the praise of people. It needs to be about intimacy with God. If you're only, listen to what he says, if you're only praying and fasting for the applause of people, he says, then that's your reward. He said, if you're praying and, and fasting for applause, he says, well, people will applaud you. They'll say, oh, man, how spiritual. Oh, man, he prays for an hour a day. He's so spiritual. Boy, did you hear what she's doing? She's fasting. She's not doing that. Man, she's such a spiritual woman. And the world will applaud you. And Jesus said, I hope you enjoy it. Because that's all you get. If you're only doing what you're doing so you can have a really cool, spiritually-minded social media post, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Nothing wrong with a social media post. Just make sure that's not where your heart is. Nothing wrong with inspiring other people and motivating other people and challenging other people by sharing what we're doing. But let's just make sure that we're not doing what we're doing just so we can share it. <laughs> but we're doing what we're doing because we have a heart to know God. And we want to draw closer and more intimate to a relationship with Him. That has to be. In other words, Jesus says when it comes to prayer and fasting, motivation, the motive of your heart matters to God. And here's the good news. Private devotion 
produces supernatural rewards. What you do in private, God will reward you for in public. What you do when no one's looking, God will reward you for when everyone is looking. Now, let me, let me just clarify something else real quick. Because when we talk about prayer and fasting, understand, we're not talking about trying to earn the favor or the love of God. God loves you, period. God is love, and you are love. And the righteousness that you have in faith, through faith in Jesus Christ, is as righteous as you can be. You are as righteous and as holy through faith in Jesus Christ as you can ever be. So we're not praying and fasting to earn status with God. Because there's nothing, think about this, there's nothing that you can do to add to what Jesus has already done. It is finished because it was a perfect sacrifice and he has perfectly brought us into the presence of God where we stand in his righteousness. And you eating or not eating a hamburger isn't going to change that. So we are not fasting and praying to change our status with God. We are fasting and praying so that we can raise our impact and influence with man. Because let me give you a clue today. There's a lost and dying world that's going to hell. And the church, the world needs the church to be filled with the power and the presence of God. There's a lost and a dying world going to hell, and the world needs a church that is full of Jesus. Come on, somebody. The world needs a church that is exemplifying the very heart and passion of Jesus Christ. The world needs to see him in us. So prayer and fasting is not about me getting more of God. It's really about God getting more of me. It's not about receiving something from him. It's about releasing what he's already given to us. You know what the Bible says? Jesus said, whoever believes in me, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Think about that, rivers of living water. You are a river of living water. But the challenge is that sometimes we dam up the river. Because we allow the lust of our flesh, we allow our carnal appetites, we allow our unwillingness to say no to temporal things, to crowd out the eternal things that God wants to flow through us. I was praying just this morning, and I said, Lord, I want to see more signs, wonders, and miracles. He said, okay, do it. He's already given us everything we need. The only thing hindering the flow of signs, wonders, and miracles is me. Maybe you. But definitely me. Because there's a river. Rivers, actually, Jesus said, plural, of life in the hearts of those who believe. And out of their bellies will flow rivers of living water. And if I'm not a river of life, it's because I've allowed something to dam up the water. And interfere with the flow of what God wants to put out. Again, I'm not fasting and praying to earn status with God. I'm fasting and praying so I can raise my influence and impact with man. So that I can unstop the river. I can let what God's put in me flow through me more freely. So that other people's lives can be changed by his glory. Everybody good with that today? Amen? Amen. All right, so let's talk about some guidelines for prayer and fasting today. The first one is simply this. I want to encourage you, use our daily devotional, our points of prayer, and our scripture memorization tools to help you stay focused 
and to enhance your daily time with God. Every year we, we try to provide a resource. We try to provide some kind of devotional tool to help you stay focused and help us stay united as a local church moving toward the very heart of God to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Last year we did a book. In the past we've done different things from prayer journals to fasting journals. This year we have created a specific devotional plan. And every day starting next Monday, there will be a daily devotional that will go out through our Liberty Church app, through our social media. And if you have not downloaded our Liberty Church app, let me just encourage you, download the app, libertychurch-us. And you will see that tab on there, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And you'll go there and every day through the 21 days, there will be a daily scripture. There will be a daily point of observation. There will be a daily point of application. We're going to challenge you to do something with the Word of God. And there will be a daily point of prayer based on the Scripture. We're going to allow the Scripture to become the script by which we pray our prayers unto the Lord. And what we've decided this year to do, we really felt like the Holy Spirit said, I want you to take three verses. Because this year we're doing something we've never done before. We've always done devotional. We've always done prayer times. We're going to be doing nights of worship starting next Sunday night at 6.30. We're going to have a night of worship. And we're going to have a night of worship every Sunday night through the 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we're going to gather together. We're going to worship the Lord. And we're going to let the Holy Spirit move. Can I get an amen? But one thing that we've added this year that we've never done is scripture memorization. And the Lord really began to stir on our hearts the importance of memorizing the Word of God. That it's not enough for us to read it and it's not even enough for us to study it. We need to memorize His Word. The Psalms have said, we're going to read it in just a minute, that I would hide God's Word in my heart. So we're going to do it a little different this year. So we're going to take one verse every week. And our first verse is Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And that first week, every day's devotional is going to be off this one verse. And next Sunday, everybody's going to get a scripture memorization card that's going to look just like this. And you're going to get a really cool bracelet that is a memorization tool. And basically what the bracelet does is the bracelet takes the first letter of each word out of this scripture that we're going to memorize, and it gives you that first letter. And we've already had a couple of guinea pigs who have been trying it out, and this is what they've said. They said, Pastor Keith, it is amazing. It is amazing how just having that first letter on that bracelet of each word in the Scripture helps me to remember that verse, and I'm learning the Scripture in a way that I've never learned it before. So next Sunday and every Sunday, you'll get a new Scripture verse, you'll get a new bracelet, and you'll get daily devotionals that will drive home those points. Why is that important? Listen to what Psalm, the Psalms have said in Psalms 119. He says, how can a young person... Stay pure. How many know that what works for a young person works for an older person? Come on, somebody. So how can a young person, how can an older person, how can any person stay pure? How do we do it? By obeying your word. How do we stay pure? How do we live pure lives? We obey the word of God. How do we walk in purity? We obey the word of God. So how do I obey the word? Well, he goes on and tells us. Look what he says. Verse 10. I've tried hard to find you, so don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I, I want to challenge you with a thought this morning. I want to challenge you with a thought that it is the hidden word that becomes the empowered word in your life. It's the hidden word that becomes the empowered word. 
How many know many of us do Bible reading plans and we read the Scripture, we read the Scripture, we read the Scripture, but when you take reading to the next step where you're going to begin to not only read the Word, you're going to begin to hide the Word of God through memorization in your heart, all of a sudden something begins to change. And we've all experienced it. We've all experienced where the Holy Spirit quickens a word that you've studied, a word that you've tried to memorize, a word that you've went over and over again, and all of a sudden in the appropriate moment when you need it the most, he'll quicken that word. I shared with you guys just a couple weeks ago, or maybe three or four weeks ago, about how that I was, uh, <laughs> my weight loss was going in the wrong direction, and I realized that I was eating every night after 7 o'clock, and I wanted to stop eating after 7 o'clock, and I tried everything to not eat after 7 o'clock, and I just ate more. <laughs> Until one day, the Holy Spirit just brought to my mind a scripture out of Galatians where the Bible says this, the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, Keith, you have self-control. You don't have to eat after 7 o'clock unless you want to. Because the fruit of the Spirit in your life is self-control. And I empower you with self-control. So I started a few weeks ago, and I, every time at 7 o'clock after 7 o'clock, I would want to eat something, not because I was hungry, but because of habit. And I would open my mouth, and I'd say, God, I thank you that the fruit of the Spirit is self-control, and I have self-control, and I don't have to eat unless I want to, and I don't want to in the name of Jesus. And I went for about two, three weeks and didn't eat anything until we hit the Christmas vacation. And then I said, hey, I'm going to eat for about a couple weeks. <laughs> Man. People started bringing me food. I don't know if it's y'all's fault or not, but I mean, people started bringing me food. And I thought, I'm going to need about 24 hours a day to eat all this food because we're going to have a fast coming. I'm not going to be able to eat any of it, so i got to eat past 7. So just to confess to you guys, I've been eating past 7 o'clock for about the last week and a half. And I was going to say it was really good. I don't know if it's really good or been really bad, but it's tasted good. Let me just say that. But I've almost knocked all the bad food out of the house. I mean, it's almost gone. I'm going to go home and finish some off today after I preach on fasting. Isn't that good? Praise the Lord. Whoo, y'all help me, Jesus. Come on. All right, listen to what he says. He says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. He says, I praise you, O Lord, so teach me your decrees. Look at verse 13. I have recited aloud. I have recited aloud all the regulations that you have given me. He says, I'm not only hiding your word, I'm speaking your word. I'm reciting your word because I've memorized your word. And I'm just going to say your word and say your word and say your word. And the more you say it, hear me, the more you'll know it. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so the Psalms have said, not only have I hidden your word, I have recited your word. Look at verse 14. And I have rejoiced in your law as in much riches. Verse 15. And I will study your commands and I will reflect on your ways. Verse 16. And I will delight in your decrees and I will not forget your word. Amen. So step one. This is what I want to encourage you to do. Next Sunday, take advantage of the resources we're going to give you. And let's commit to say, God, we're going to do these 21-day devotionals together. And I'm going to memorize. I'm going to commit myself to memorizing these scriptures as I study the Word every single day. I'm going to study the Word. I'm going to delight in the Word. I'm going to remember the Word. I'm going to recite the Word. And I'm going to learn the Word. And here's what I know will happen. Wouldn't it be amazing if at the end of this month you had memorized three Bible verses? Because this is what I know would be amazing about that. For some people, if you learn three Bible verses in three weeks, it would be three more Bible verses than you've learned in three years. 
For some of you, maybe you're learning a verse every week and this is just an extra add-on to what you're already doing. That's awesome. But this is what I know. We can't have too much word. Every day we're bombarded by the lies of the enemy. We cannot have too much word. And let me give you some good news. We're talking about 10 to 15 minutes every day. We're not talking about hours. If you would commit 10 to 15 minutes every day to the devotional plan, to the prayer time, and to the reciting and memorization of the word, you will be blown away by how much scripture you will have hidden your heart after just three weeks of studying the Bible intentionally. Amen? All right, the second thing I want to give you is that we have to identify personal points of prayer. So I want you to commit to the plan that we've given you. But the second thing, I want you to identify personal points of prayer. Asking the Father for specific things. Why? Because specific prayer produces specific praise and God gets the glory. Specific prayer produces specific praise. Sometimes we pray generic prayers, and I'm all in favor of generic prayers. Generic prayers are, Lord, bless me and bless my family and watch over us in Jesus' name. I'm all in favor. Let's keep praying those prayers. But I know there's another level of prayer called specific prayer, strategic prayer, where you begin to get specific. The Bible says in the book of James that it is the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person that avails much. Effectual, fervent, that literally means heartfelt passion. See, when we pray generic prayers, they're kind of generic. But when you pray specific prayers, now there is a point of passion that is connected to your prayer. Because now it's not just, Lord, bless me and my children. Now it is, God, I need a specific thing to happen in my children's life. I need a specific thing to happen in my life. I need a specific thing. And God, I'm going to come to you specifically, letting my requests be made known to you. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. We got to ask, we got to seek, we got to knock, we got to pursue God. And the more specific you can be, I believe the more powerful your prayers become because with that specific focus becomes a heartfelt passion. This thing matters. If I can identify and specify a thing that I need God to do in my life, all of a sudden there is a passion that is connected to that prayer that's not always in my generic prayers that just cover my family and the people that I love. And so I want to encourage you to write down specific prayers. I'm going to give you four areas I want to challenge you to do. The first one is spiritually. I want to, I want to challenge you this week. What, are, what is a specific spiritual prayer that you want God? Maybe you want more boldness. Maybe you want to memorize scripture. Maybe you want to be a soul winner. Maybe, maybe you want to step up and start walking in something that the Lord's been calling you to do for a long time. And you want to take that next step. I don't know what that looks like for you. But I want to challenge you. What is a spiritual point of prayer? What's something specific? that you want God to do spiritually. Second is physical. What is something physical you want God? Maybe you need healing in your body. Maybe like me, you want to lose weight and get in shape. I don't know. Maybe there's something specific physically in your body that you need God to do. Pray for that. The third is relationally. Be specific relationally. Is there a relational breakthrough that needs to happen? If you're married, maybe you want your marriage to get stronger. If you're single, maybe you want to meet the person that you're going to marry. I don't know what it is. If you're a parent, maybe you need, you want God to do something specific in the lives of one of your children or maybe in your family as a whole, but be specific. Relationally, God, here's a relational thing that I'm believing you to do. I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask. I'm going to seek. I'm going to knock. And then last but not least is financially. Be specific. What do you want God to do financially in your life this year? Let me just say something. God wants to bless you. 
God can do more through you if you got something than if you don't have nothing, right? Broke, busted, and disgusted is not a good place to live. God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you. What are those financial goals? Maybe you want to start a business. Maybe you're entrepreneurial. Maybe you want to save more money. Maybe you want to get on a budget. I don't know what you want to do, but what is a financial goal that you want to have? And begin to pray specifically for that thing. So we're going we're gonna to join together in the corporate tools using the devotional tools. Second, we're going to identify specific points of prayer. And then third, I want you to see this. We're going to define the fast. I want you to define your fast. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal what he wants, wants you to fast from during these 21 days. We've got to define the fast. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal what he wants you to fast from. And think about this. Look at that point on the screen. Including some type of food because biblical fasting was always connected to food. Biblical fasting is always connected to food. When you read in the Bible about fasting, the Bible is always talking about fasting from food. Now, we live in our wonderful, amazing technological world, and every year we have people that fast from social media. We have people that fast from television. I think those are awesome things. I think you need to fast from those things. I think those things are awesome because we need to not only detox our body, we need to detox our minds, right? I think that's awesome. But let me just encourage you. As you pray and ask the Lord, what does he want you to fast from, make sure you include food. And let me tell you why. Let me read the last, next part of that statement to you. Let me tell you why you need to fast food. Because your body is a wonderful servant, but it is a horrible master. And fasting food masters your body. Your body is a wonderful servant. This is your earth suit. It gives you authority and power and dominion on planet earth. It's a wonderful servant, but your body is a horrible master. And so we need to fast food. You know why? Because fasting food will master your body quicker than anything else. I mean, just tell yourself today you're not going to eat lunch when you leave here. And if you tell yourself that, then guess what will happen? You won't hear anything else I say because your brain will be telling you how much you need to eat lunch. I mean, the moment you decide you're not going to eat something, you're going to skip a meal, you're going to eat, eat something specific, or you're going to fast whole day, whatever it is, all of a sudden, your brain kicks in overnight, and your body begins to tell you how much you're going to die if you don't eat. You're going to die, I promise you. <laughs> how many you know the opposite is true? You're not going to die, you're going to live. Listen, listen to what the Bible says here. Romans 8, verse 13. It says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will what? If you allow the carnal nature of your flesh to rule you, you will die. And let me just tell you something. We're dying. Physically, we're dying. Let me give you some statistics. 71% of Americans are overweight. 41% of Americans are obese. According to the BMI scale, I am still, even though I've lost all the way I've lost, I'm still obese. I'm still about 30 pounds away from the mark where I need to be to be according to the BMI scale. I'm not saying the BMI scale is the perfect scale, but this is what I know. Medically proven. Hear this today. Medically proven. The number one cause of death, I think, in America right now is heart disease, which is caused by being overweight. Strokes caused by being overweight. Diabetes caused by being overweight. Many kinds of cancer now have been connected to being overweight. We are dying. We are killing ourselves because we're not controlling our appetites. And we allow food to be a dictator that rules us 
instead of to be fuel that feeds us to do what God has called us to do. Hey, I'm guilty, okay? I struggle, I battle, I face the fight. But I just want to say to you today, I am committing afresh as we go into this new year. I want to live a fasted life. I want to make sure, as I share with you guys, four years ago when I started losing weight, the Lord, the Holy Spirit told me, He said, Keith, you're going to die physically before you spiritually fulfill what I've called you to do. You're going to die physically before you spiritually fulfill what I've called you to do because you're overweight and you're out of shape and something's got to change or you are going to die. And so I began a journey. And I've gotten up and I've fallen down. I've gotten up and I've fallen down. But I've committed. I'm going to live a fasted life, right? I'm going to take the life that God has given me and live it to its fullest potential. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But look at that next part. But if by the Spirit... That's our superpower, guys. Our superpower is it's not willpower, it is God's power. If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will what? Live. You'll live. There is life in Christ. There is life in Jesus. And we live in a self-indulgent society, but Jesus has called us to a self denial form of Christianity we have to deny ourselves in order to follow him and here's what we've recognized here's what science has recognized not me here's what science has recognized it's recognized that when you fast your body replenishes itself when you fast your body detoxifies itself and many of those cells that become cancerous cells become detoxified from our body and never have time to grow and destroy us if we live a fasted life. When Jesus was encouraging us to fast, he was not just giving us some spiritual idea. He was giving us a biblical truth that would impact our lives for good. Fasting doesn't mean you can't eat anything. It just means that you understand there are specific things that I need to eat, right? And I want to live that fasted life that honors God. So, on your outline, there are several scriptures we're not going to read together today because I want to get you out of here on time. Actually, that was about six minutes ago. So I'm going to get you out of here on time, intentionally late. Come on, somebody. So different kinds of fasts. Let me just read you some bullet points real quick. Different kinds of fasts that we find in the body, in the, in the body, in the Bible. Joel chapter 1 is a corporate fast for repentance. Jonah chapter 3 is a complete fast. They did no food and no water to avoid the judgment that was pronounced upon them by Jonah. In Esther 4, there was a specific fast for favor from the king and for the nation to be spared from an ungodly decree that was going to annihilate the Jews. And in Daniel chapter 1, there's a special fast where Daniel says, I don't want to defile myself with the delicacies of the king's table. So there are a lot of kind of fasts you can do. You can fast one meal. You can fast uh, certain kinds of food. You can just eat fruits and vegetables, whatever you do. That's between you and the Lord. But let me challenge you. Make sure your fast includes some kind of food. Amen? All right, look at this last point. Fasting is not a spiritual diet. So we don't fast so we can lose weight. Praise God if we lose weight, that's awesome. But fasting is not a spiritual diet. It is an act of devotion to the Lord. Losing weight is a wonderful benefit, but it's not the goal. Connecting, growing, and deepening your relationship with God, that is the goal. That's the goal. The goal is I want to go deeper with God. The goal is that I want to know Him more. 
I heard a gentleman make a statement this past week. He said, he said, if you really fast appropriately, he said, you'll lose weight. He said, but that's not the exciting thing. He said, if you really fast appropriately, you'll gain weight. You'll gain spiritual weight. You'll gain spiritual authority. You'll walk in a new power. You'll walk in a new dominion. You'll walk in a new grace. You'll walk in more. Why? Because God's put it in you. And all of a sudden, when you begin to fast and discipline your body, you begin to release the good things that God has already put on the inside of you. He said you'll lose weight physically, but you'll gain weight spiritually. And then he made this statement. I thought this was interesting. He said, isn't it interesting that the first sin... In the Bible that entered the world, when sin entered the world, it was because Adam and Eve ate something they weren't supposed to eat. Think about that. Sin entered the world because they ate something they weren't supposed to eat. God had given them everything in the garden. He said, you can have everything but this one thing. And their carnal appetite said, I want the one thing that God says I can't have. And sin entered the world. And then isn't it interesting that the first temptation of Jesus was for him to eat something. Remember, he had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And the devil said, if you are the Son of God, then turn these stones into bread. And Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So think about it like this. The first Adam ate what he wasn't supposed to eat. And sin entered the world and brought death. Jesus, who's called the second Adam, refused to eat what he, was supposed to, what he wasn't supposed to eat, and he chose to be, live a fasted life, and it brought righteousness and salvation to whoever would believe in him. So let me say it like this. If food can be a tool of temptation to hurt us, then fasting can be a tool of victory to deliver us and help us to live the life that God has called us to live. I'm going to give you one last scripture. Luke chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, and then verse 14. It says, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. And he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. And Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. And then Jesus, verse 14, returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. And reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole region. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, but after 40 days of prayer and fasting, he was filled with the Spirit's power. Full of the Spirit, filled with his power. Full of the Spirit, filled with his power. I want to submit to you today that if you're a born-again believer, then you're full of the Spirit. But I want to ask you today, are you really filled with his power? Are signs, wonders, and miracles following you? Are you living the life of influence and impact for a lost and dying world that you know God's called you to live? Because if you're like me, I know there's more. I know that every, every chair in this church ought to be filled. I know that two services is not enough services for us to reach the people God's called us to reach. I know that two campuses is not enough campuses for us to reach our communities with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the only thing keeping that from happening is not God. God has filled us with his presence we got to be willing to say, God, do I want to be filled with your power? Am I willing to do the things that I need to do? Am I willing to say yes to the right thing and no to the wrong thing so I can live a life that honors God? So I want us just to bow our heads today. And I want to just challenge you. If you're a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you've been born again. I want to challenge you today. Ask yourself this question, am I filled with this power? I know I'm full, 
of his spirit, but am I really filled with his power? And if like me, you want more, God, I want to see more signs, wonders, and miracles. I want to see more salvation and transformation. I want to see more families restored and more bondages broken. I want to see more souls saved and more disciples made. God, I want to see more. And Lord, today, we commit to that. We commit to taking 21 days to cultivate a fasted lifestyle where our private devotion can produce public power that touches our world. So I want to challenge you today with me. Let's join together. Let's just make that real commitment. That God, we're going to press into you. And Lord, we're going to honor you in this process. And we're going to see you do more in us and through us than ever before. The last thing I want to do before we close is simply this. Maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're saying, Pastor Keith, I can't deepen my relationship with God because I don't have a relationship with God. I've never been saved. And I realize that this morning. I realize I'm on the outside kind of looking in. But you know what? I know there's something real here today. And right now, you, you sense it in your heart. That's the Holy Spirit. He's calling you. And here's the good news of the gospel. Jesus died on the cross, rose again on the third day, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And if you've never been saved, today the Bible says is a day of salvation. You can be born again. And all you got to do is be willing to accept Jesus Christ. Acknowledge him as your Lord and Savior and receive him into your life today. If you're willing to do that right now, I want you just to raise your hand. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed, but this is your opportunity. Just to raise your hand and say, today, Pastor Keith, I want to be born again. I want to accept Jesus Christ. I want to know God and be known by Him. If that's you, just slip your hand up. If you're watching online, you can hit that hand emoji. You can type in that chat box. We'd love to pray with you today. Today's the day of salvation. I've never been born again, but today I want to be forgiven of my sins. And I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. If that's you, just slip your hand. As a hand goes up, Right over here, we want to pray with you. As you raise your hand there, if you'll just slip it up a little higher, usher's going to come. They're going to put a little packet in your hand. They're going to help you take that next step in following after the Lord. So they're just going to slip that in your hand, and we're about to pray together this morning. So let's just pray this prayer. I'm going to ask everybody in the room to say it out loud with me. Let's say it together. And if you raise your hand, this is specifically for you. If you're praying with me online, God loves you. He sent his son for you. This is your moment right now. So let's pray this prayer out loud together. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sin and rose again on the third day. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and my life. Be my Lord and Savior. I want to be born again, and I want to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. We love you guys. God bless you. If you received a packet this morning, there's a little card on the front. If you'd fill that out, I'd love to personally follow up with you. Have a blessed day in the Lord. You're dismissed. We love you guys.